I am in charge of announcements this morning. So welcome to Glenlock. I'm excited to see all of you here. Um, I have a list of announcements, but first is that there is no Tuesday lunch. So if you have been joining us on Tuesday afternoons for lunch together in the fellowship hall, we, we are not having that this week. It was planned to start back, but it will not be happening this week. Um, our Wednesday night schedule has changed. Um, now we are starting at 6.15 to 7.30. If you are a student, if you are a youth in high school, then the doors open at 5.30 and we have pizza and you're welcome to come hang out with us before we get started with our service. Um, kids choir will start back tonight at 6 o'clock. So please bring your kids. Um, I'm sure that will go great. Uh, young adults, so for young adults, you are welcome to come meet with us this, this Friday at 6.30. We will meet here probably in the youth building. Um, we will have Bible study. We will eat a meal together. So come if you are 18 to 30. Um, Galentine's. I'm really excited about this one because it's all pink and heart and love. Um, so in February... February 10th, which is the Friday before Valentine's Day, we will be having an all-girls event in the student building. It is for grades 6 through 12, so come participate. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to do crafts. Miss Crystal will be there. It'll be so much fun. Um, Kids February Fantastic. This is an event similar to when we take the students for the all-nighter in Atlanta, um, but we will not be out all night with your kids. It is just during the day. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. It's put on by Word of Life. Um, it's for kids from first grade through fifth grade, and there will be lots of centers to go play at with a gospel message also. Um, the cost is $30, and if you have questions, you can see me or you can see Bryson or Pastor Neil or anybody will get you to where you need to get for questions. So, thank you. Um, if you want to come read. All right, good morning. I'm going to read out of Psalms 34, just to give you a little background. Um, you know, most of the Psalms written by David. In this in this psalm, the, I, think, I think it's 1 Samuel 19 is the background where Saul is basically taking out a bounty on, on David's head, tells his son Jonathan, hey, we're going to kill David. He goes and warns him because, you know, Jonathan and, and David are close. And uh, it gets to the point even Saul takes a, takes a shot at his life and throws a spear at him. And David flees to a town of Gath. I believe it was. And there he made enemies with Abimelech, the king there. And Abimelech wanted to take his life and he ended up driving him out. So during this time is when David wrote this psalm. So a time of stress, turmoil, affliction, you name it. So David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make us boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him 
excuse me, they will look to him and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And David learned that during those, during those circumstances. Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints, for to those who fear him there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Then he asks the question, Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? And then usually after a question, if somebody's talking, they give you the answer. You know, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Father God, we just uh, thank you for preserving your word and, and sharing it with us, God. Um, to know the things that David went through and endured in comparison to the things that we go through daily, our own afflictions. Um, God, and he shares the Psalms with us so that we know that our refuge is you. Um, God, I pray that we would just keep these words close to our heart. Um, I pray that you would just uh, be glorified during this time of worship, and God, that uh, as Neil shares the word, that we would take those words and, and hide it in our heart, God, and allow it to have a, an impact on our daily lives. In your name I pray, amen. Good morning. If you will stand. Some of y'all may not know known this, but John Mark was the youth pastor here for a long time. And that was his thing. Like, you didn't walk by John Mark without giving him a high five. So, some things you got to keep alive and good. So, this morning, right in line with that um, scripture that we just uh, heard, we're going to begin our worship with singing Matthew 6, which is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then we will sing, Great is thy faithfulness together. Yeah. 
it's been a long time since I've been up here. Um, and my girls are like, Mom, I don't know why you think you have to talk every time you go up there to sing. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I do that because if I'm up here singing something, it's because I feel like God wants me to sing it for some reason. And it has a story or a meaning behind it that's special to me. And this song is going to be hard. But John asked me to sing this probably about a year ago. And I said, I can't do that one. Um, it was Miss Marcia Harper sang it at my grandfather's funeral. And it was sung at both of John's grandparents' funerals. So it's pretty emotional, obviously. So I may not even get the first verse out. I don't know. But, I mean, it's an oldie and a, a goodie. You all know it. It's How Great Thou Art. And you're welcome to sing along. Um, it probably make me feel better. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like sometimes we're, we spend a lot more time in the valleys than we do up on the mountain. And through those hard times, we just have to remember that God is good. And through the verses, you know, it's looking at his creation, all the things he's done. And yet sometimes we doubt him and what he did for us through his son. I mean, everything we do really just goes back to the cross and back to that gift God gave us. So I hope you pray for me as I try to sing this for you. Um, it's a pretty special song.
Me and Neil had a conversation the other week about um, it as well. We talked about how, you know, there are certain songs that people just have in their mind as funeral songs. But when you think about it, they're songs that give us peace. So we really need to work to make those songs not reserved for funerals because that's not the only time we need to hear them for sure. So thank you so much, Teresa, for sharing that. You'll stand with us. We're going to sing glory to his name before we have our message this morning.
us just one more time. And I'm going to pray that we just truly worship him and give him the glory he deserves during that. Dear Lord God, thank you so much for this beautiful worship service that you have given us this morning, God. Lord, thank you um, for wonderful songs that remind us of the gospel, God. And thank you for just um, making your presence be known and, and just reminding us, God, that you deserve the glory above all else, Lord. God, you are great, and we pray this morning exactly what we sang from Matthew 6, that we seek you first above all else, God. So, Lord, this morning, may that be our prayer, and may that be our heart of worship, God, um, especially as we just sing this chorus to you one more time before your words preached to us this morning, God. May we bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs> dismissed in the back to go to church with Miss Terry. Amen. Thank you, Catherine. It's a good day to be at Glenlock. It's so wonderful to see all of you. Uh, as the children leave, if you'll turn to 1 Peter this morning, 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, we're still opening the gift that is Christ. And the gospel that we talked about so much during Advent and Christmas. So last week we looked at the necessity and the nearness and the nature of the gift, especially the nearness of the gift. So when we talked about the joy that God brings to us in Christ, we were in First Peter during Advent. And I guess I've got leftovers from, from First Peter. So turn to First Peter chapter 3. I want to start with verse 8, and we're going to read through verse 18. And the title of the sermon this morning is, How to Have a Good Day, or Have a Good Day. Now, I have found myself throwing around that phrase, have a good day. In fact, Friday morning, I mentioned this to someone working in a convenience store. It was really early Friday, stopped in to get a drink to put in Bennett's lunch. I said, have a good day, as I paid and walked out. And I could sympathize. She said, I'm going to try. <laughs> she said, I'm going to try. She says, today is my last day to work this week, and, and I'm looking forward to the weekend. Have a good day. It starts with, I'm going to try. Actually, it starts with what Teresa just sang, how great thou art. Do you remember how often we used to sing here at Glenlock? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And then I'm waiting for the moment someone says, when I say have a good day, they're going to say, what's so good about it, you know? And that's when I'm going to pull out the, these sermon notes and, and give them to her. So 
Okay, where we are is, how does the gift of the gospel affect daily life? We do not know what each day is going to bring. God is in total control, and He is sovereign over all, but you and I do not know what tomorrow will bring. So, I want to show you how I got to this. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Peter is summing up all of his teaching so far. And look at what he says in verse 8 of 1 Peter 3. To sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing Instead, for you are called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. I mean, we're a blessed people. We got the greatest blessing of all already and a blessing to come. And that's what Peter's saying to his audience. He says in verse 10, For, if you notice in your Bibles, this is bracketed a bit in some versions. That's because Peter is quoting from Psalm 34 in the Old Testament. Now, what did John Mark just read earlier in the service? Psalm 34. So there was a reason that I asked John Mark to read Psalm 34, and that's because Peter uses Psalm 34 to build around what he's saying to us this morning. So Peter goes back to the Old Testament, and he says, look, he says, Let him who means to love life and see good days, there it is. Do you want to love life? I do. (laughs) Have you ever said about someone, man, they got to be hating life right now? Oftentimes it's because of a circumstance that they may be going through. Let him who means to love life, and look at the next phrase, see good days. This is day eight, if you're still counting, of 2023. I'm not sure that I would know it, but I know that the national championship's on the ninth. So today's got to be the eighth, (laughs) all right? Man, eight days already into the new year. How's it going? So far, you waking up every day singing what they sang in Oklahoma. Oh, what a beautiful morning! Oh, what a beautiful day! I've got a beautiful feeling that everything's going my way. Or someone said to me recently, It was 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. That's, that's probably more like it. This is straight scripture. It's clear as a bell. If you want to love life and see good days, then look at verse 10. Refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. 
Then Peter continues as he commentates on Psalm 34. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? You want to see good days? Be zealous for what is good. Have zeal for the good. Even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you're blessed. Now the reason Peter puts that in there is that this group of people he is writing to, their life sounds a lot like an order you might make at the Waffle House. Back in chapter 1, we read that they were scattered, smothered, covered, and sprinkled. (laughs) You mean you go through persecution and you can still have good days? If you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you're blessed. Do not fear their intimidation. Do not be troubled. But look at verse 15. But sanctify or set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. This is the day ah, the the Lord has made. How great He is. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that's in you. Hey, why are you so hopeful? Why are you so peaceful? I want to know what the reason is. Does anyone ever ask us that? Give a reason for the hope that's in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Keep a good conscience. I'm in verse 16 now, if you're still keeping up. Keep a good conscience so that in the thing which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior. There's that word again, good. If anyone reviles your good behavior in Christ, they may be put to shame. Hey, it's better if God should will it so that you should suffer for doing what's right than for doing what's wrong. Well, that makes sense. But we don't always live it out. It doesn't always translate into daily living. So, And this is where he wants to get to. And Peter keeps coming back to the gospel. For Christ also died for sins once for all. The just for the unjust, this means you. You're unjust, you're sinful, you're corrupt. But God came down in Christ and he, he, he was just and pure. He died for you, for your sins. In order that he might, look, bring us to God. What a, what a powerful phrase. God came down in Christ to bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. We'll stop there. Father, thank you for what you've told us already, that we would be zealous for what is good. And ultimately, Father, you are good. We are not good. We've sinned and fallen short of your glory. There's none righteous. No, not one. There's none who does good or seeks good in and of ourselves and on our own, but we have good news that transcends and triumphs over every difficulty in life, cleanses every sin, and prepares us for an inheritance which no one can take away. Help us to have good days by allowing good news to dominate the headlines that roll across our thoughts and our hearts and what we face on a daily basis. Thank you for Teresa already 
singing how great you are. That's step one, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. How can we have good days, be it today, tomorrow, or any day that's upcoming? If you're like me, the turn of the calendar year tends to, tends to lead to some evaluation of time and how I'm using time and am I making the most of the time that God gives me. So a lot of that's going into why we are in 1 Peter chapter 3 this morning. But let's get to the task, which is to let the Word of God carve us up and expose us and tell us who we are and where we need to be. So number one, if you're going to have good days and if you're going to love life, then you've got to start here. You must prioritize the Christian's character. Let's prioritize the Christian's character. Why are we here? What are our days for? Why did God create us? Those are the types of questions that we're asking under number one. And ultimately, God's plan for your life and my life is to conform us to the image of Christ. God's plan for you in 2023 and in every three is to conform you and I ultimately to be like Him, to be like Jesus Christ. And that's why Peter, who's learned the hard way, because there were times in his life when he was not like this. We're not going to rake Peter over the coals again. But what kind of person am I becoming? Character matters most. Prioritize that as number one goal for this day and every day and the course of life. So look at verse 8 and 9. He he rattles off, for lack of a better term, these character traits. And all of us want this, especially in, 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 in the way other people relate to us. We're not so diligent about how we are relating to others on, on this horizontal plane that we're living in called human relationships. But let's just look at this in passing because I really want to talk more about point number two. Harmonious is a word that he uses in verse 8. Being in harmony, like a choir, or us singing together. It's like-mindedness. Do everything you can to remain in harmony with other people. This is called that inward unity of attitude in spiritual things that makes schism unthinkable. It's having all of our affections and all of our priorities headed in the right direction. Now, I think it was Monday night this week. A Buffalo Bills player collapsed on the field. And all of a sudden, he mattered and his health mattered more than anything else in the stadium. Because of a heart issue... When the hit happened, he collapsed. What did you see immediately? Man, both teams get on their knees. The whole country's focused on this guy. The NFL cancels a game. The NFL never cancels a game. Game off. Why? Why was everything in harmony with what was taking place? Because what mattered most was on everyone's mind. 
Why do we become so petty and so irritable and so unharmonious? It's because we all tend to forget what ultimately, ultimately matters, and that's, and that's Him. If everyone's got their heart and their mind on Him, we're all focused in the right direction, the same direction. And that's where human harmony comes from. You might remember the old Coca-Cola commercials. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. <laughs> and by the world of Coke, right? Well, that would probably be a good start. But it might be better if we get everyone lined up correctly under Almighty God. That's why the humanist is completely inept at creating the harmony that they desire to create. Because it is not possible apart from God. I cannot preach all these with that much commentary. The, the second word is sympathetic. Being full of sympathy. When's the last time you really tried to put yourself into someone else's shoes? Empathy. Thinking outside of yourself into the life of someone else. Sympathy for other people and the human condition and what they're going through. Look at, look at the third word, brotherly love. And Peter hits this one three or four times. Fervently love one another. He says it twice. Love covers a multitude of sin. If you want to love life, you need to make the whole world into your family. I know that's a struggle. But go read 1 Corinthians 13 and you'll know what brotherly love entails. Kind-hearted, which is, which is compassionate, tenderness, humility in spirit. Uh, considering primarily the humility of Jesus Christ, that God humbled himself and came as a babe, humbled himself and came as a human being, touched with our infirmities and, di and, and difficulties, lowliness of mind. He must be increasing, I must be decreasing. Humbleness in spirit. Then he says what not to do. You want to mess up the day? You do this. Evil for evil, insult for insult. If you're going to be the person who returns evil for evil and insult for insult, and you've got to have the last word, and you've got to win, I've only got some word of advice for you. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Let, let us know how that works out for you. That's not the strategy to have a good day. But rather, look, give a blessing. Bless with your words. Bless with your life. Because we have the ultimate blessing, and that is in Christ. What Peter's saying is that you and I must prioritize the Christian's character. He's summing things up. So, so that leads to a couple of questions. The first of which is, how is this even possible? How is it possible when there's so much disharmony, so much lack of sympathy, so much lack of love, 
Instead of kind-hearted and tenderness, we can be cruel and cold. Instead of humility, we're, we're self-absorbed and, and proud and, and, and all about us. And, and we're constantly trying to win and get in the last word. You insult me, I'm coming right back at you with more. Social media is this way, the culture is this way. We're just, we're rampant with it. It's even in the church. A pastor was preaching one Sunday morning on unity and love. And some wonderful person was back there taking notes. And so the pastor finds the bulletin that had been left after the service. And the person had written in their notes, Ah, to, to dwell above with saints in love, now, yeah, that will be glory. But in different ink, with a different penmanship, someone else had written down there, But to dwell below with the saints I know, now that's a different story. (laughs) And there's the rub, isn't it? We're human beings. We're sinners. What are we to do about it? One of the first things to do about it is to remember that God prioritizes this kind of character because that's who He is. And here's what I mean. God Himself is harmony within the Trinity. God Himself is full of sympathy. God Himself is full of love. God Himself is kind-hearted. God Himself is humble in spirit. And this is necessary not just so that you and I will have a good day, but so that you and I will, will reflect God and the gospel to the lost, dying world around us. There is an evangelistic aspect to this. And that's why in verse 15 he says, Be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that's within you. But what if I've been a dirty, rotten scoundrel this week? To my family and to my friends and to my community. Then let's be honest, that is a hindrance to your witness to the good news. Ultimately though, it's the good news is it's not about me. Thank goodness it's not about me. If it's about me and my testimony, it's about him and his testimony. But you and I do need growth. We do need repentance. We do need change. So then let's move on and let's ask, well, if that's the Christian's character and that's what we're called to, then how do we do it? If God prioritizes that, then then tell me, what are some specific things that I can do? Okay, and this is the second half of the sermon right here. There, let me find my notes to the second half. Here we go. There's the practice of the Christian's conduct. So first, if you prioritize the Christian's character, and then you say to God, okay, I realize that that's why I'm here. I'm here to love you and love people and reflect you in a certain kind of way to the people and circumstances around me. Now look, I need some nuts and bolts. I need some specifics. Somebody Google this, YouTube this, and tell us how to live this way because on our own we don't know. We're not getting it. So what Peter does is what all of us should do. He opens up the Bible and he reads the Bible And he explains the Bible because he knows God's Word will transform the way you think, feel, and live. Because God's Word is the news that you and I need to to tell us who we are and to instruct us in what we're called to be. 
That's why, underneath this point, my first specific task and specific instruction is to listen up. You want to live this way? Listen up. The reason I say that is that Peter goes to Psalm 34 and says, Okay, church, listen to this word. Psalm 34 is all about God. Now, if you want to have a bad day, if you want to become ungrateful, disharmonious, then become self-absorbed. If you read Psalm 34, it's all about bless God, glorify God, put Him first, praise Him, on and on and on. So listen up. In verse 10, Peter uses Psalm 34 and allows God's Word to instruct and teach how we are to live in order to experience good days. In order to experience good days, you and I must submit to the Word and allow the Word to carve us up and expose us and change us so that we can... Where does he go to figure out how to live a good day? He goes to God's Word. So every day... Start in silence before God's word because God gives the first word. God needs to give you and I the first word of the day. And then close your day with silence because the last word of the day also should belong to God. The first word of the day and the last word of the day should belong to the God of the universe speaking to my life and in your life. If I do not start with him, I guarantee you my day's already lined up wrong. Lined up wrong. My golf game's horrible. You want to know one reason why my golf game's terrible? And I've been coached and I've been told a thousand times, you're lining up wrong. (laughs) You want to know why that shot was horrible? You were lined up incorrectly. And I want to say, all I've got is a slice. It's all I've got. Now, I've got to line up wrong. That's where the whole illustration falls apart. But here's the point. If we don't line up correctly at the beginning of each and every day, no wonder our days are slicing. Line up under Him and His authority and His Word. i got to move on. But start your day in His Word. Listen up. Number two... Hey, I fail in this one too. Watch your mouth. Man, we, we need a whole sermon on this, and it could come from James chapter 3. Your tongue is a fire. Your tongue is full of deadly poison. Your tongue is evil. You want to ha- and I've thought to myself at that, why did I say that? Why did I speak that? Look at verse 10. If you want to love life, See good days, refrain your tongue from evil. Refrain your lips from guile. You do not have liberty to say everything you want to say. Self-discipline begins with the mouth because that is where our sinfulness is most revealed. You want to know how rotten we are? Record yourself all day long. How many times do you say, am I on speakerphone? We've said this before. Am I on speakerphone? Do we not get it that Our thoughts are out loud to God. So, I mean, I'm I'm getting off. Watch your mouth. Refrain your tongue from evil. Refrain your lips from speaking guile. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Peter's going over this. How is your conversation? 
How are your conversations? I got to move on. I got to give you these, these, these tasks. Number three, guard your heart. Want to have a good day? Listen up. Want to have a good day? Watch your mouth. Want to have a good day? Man, guard your heart. Let me show you in the text where I get this. In verse 11, after it talks about the mouth. Why does my mouth speak guile? And why does my tongue speak evil? It's because my heart is corrupt and sinful. And, 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 and I have self-pity and lust and greed and anger and resentment. And all that. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. What's down in the well is coming up in the bucket. So you're exposing the condition of your heart. So when I come in verse 11, let him turn away from evil. Let him turn away from evil. The first place you and I need to turn away from evil is the evil that resides in our own heart. That's why I'm using turn away from evil and I'm saying guard your heart. Because where does evil reside? Evil resides in the depths of my own heart. Yeah, I need to turn away from evil out there. But the first place, the main place I need to turn from it is, is within my own heart. So guard your heart for from the heart flow the springs of life. As your heart goes, so your day will go. First, turn from evil in your heart. We've said it before. That horror movie where they finally realized the calls are coming from inside the house. It's inside of me. That's the real horror. That's what's really haunting me in my days, in my mouth. and It's, it's all in here. So, so listen up. That's going to help your heart. Watch your mouth. That's also going to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Then let me add one. Do, do good deeds. Do good deeds. You want to have a good day? Turn away from evil, verse 11, and do good. Here's what I suggest. When you're in company, whether it's a Sunday suit class or your workplace or church, or prayer requests, when we start to mention people, your mind ought to start racing, and you need to make a list, and you need to say to yourself, how can I do these people good today in my life? Pray for them, write them a note, call them, take them a meal, get outside of yourself, and start doing good, and it will do you good to do others good, and you'll be blessed You'll be blessed. You want to you have a good day? Then, then do good. The Bible says Jesus went about doing what? Doing good. We are his workmanship created for good works. These good works do not earn your salvation, but they affirm your salvation and prove that you really understand the good work that God has first done to you. Do good to people. Man, the idle mind is the devil's workshop. And one of the greatest helps that I've had is that it's my job to do good. I get paid as a pastor to visit people in the hospital. I get paid as a pastor to go to the nursing homes. I get paid as a pastor to do good deeds. And what I've discovered is that one of the greatest blessings of life is to give yourself away and to help others. And do good. Be actively engaged in 
good deeds. And then the last practical step, and there could be a hundred, okay? I'm just following the text and what Peter says out of Psalm 34. Hey, listen up, watch your mouth, guard your heart, do good, and then last, seek peace. Verse 11. Let him turn away from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. Let's be honest. We're not always seeking peace. We like to push buttons. We don't like to see other people at peace. So we try to ruffle some feathers, maybe, with some things that we might say, some things that we might do. What did Christ command us to do? Seek peace. First, his kingdom and his righteousness. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. But every day, seek first God, his peace, and the peace from God that you can pass to others that will bring a peace that passes all understanding into your heart and life. And it will guard your heart. It will guard your mouth. It will guard your life. It all starts with this this peace-seeking. But notice what he includes in this in verse 12. His ears attend to their prayer. His ears attend to their prayer. I think that is the beginning. As I've said several times, the beginning is to go to God and to cast upon Him all your care, all your anxiety. Give Him adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Hey, all these people that test you, that are a struggle for you, one of the most important things you can do for those people in your own heart is to pray for your enemies. Pray for those who insult you. Pray for those who wrong you. Pray for those who do evil to you. And then that will help your heart and mouth in dealing with them. That way you're not trading evil for evil or insult for insult. A good day revolves around your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. I want to close by doing what I think Peter does, and that's sharing in the end the power of the Christian's gospel. Because we've said a lot about how we relate to people and circumstances, but, but how? How does this happen? Let me just say, practically from a pastoral perspective, you, the only way that we can grow in these areas is to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. The conversations you're having with yourself, you talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else, I guarantee it, and it all takes place up here. Pastor Neil says he talks to himself. Yeah, I talk to myself. You do too. And those conversations you're having with yourself, that's what's driving your life. That's the news headline that's flowing through the mind and, and, and dominating your, your mood, your reactions, your words. Peter says that we've got good news and we need to set apart Christ as Lord in our hearts and be ready when anyone asks us. But notice what he says in verse 18. This, this wonderful verse, 4. He keeps coming back to the good news of what God has done for us in Christ. The gift, the blessing. Here's what we need to think about as we put into to practice the, the, the characteristics and the, the practices of the Christian. Here it is, verse 18. 
Christ died for us. That's good news. Because you and I are sinners deserving God's wrath, but, but God came and He died for us once and for all. The just for the unjust. To bring us to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. That's the gospel. And if your day and your mind and your heart will be dominated by the gospel, then that will ensure you, follow me with this, that will ensure you the gospel proves and the gospel guarantees that your bad things can be turned to good, that your good things will never be lost, and that the best things are yet to come. God shows you that in the gospel. The, the worst day. Can you imagine how they felt as they saw Jesus dying on the cross? Everything's gone. Everything's lost. This is not, not a good day. But the resurrection proved that yes, indeed, that was a good day. In fact, that is the best day that's ever been. And it is that day, that good Friday, that should that should form and shape how I think and how I live. Now, I know we fall short of this, but here we are on Sunday morning. So we got to get it right here first. Man, if you don't get it right here, how are you going to get it right out there on Tuesday afternoon? So here's how we get it right. God took the very worst thing that had ever happened and turned it to the ultimate good. That's why we call it Good Friday. Death, burial, and resurrection. So no matter what happens to me, God, I know you're in control. And you're going to turn my bad things to good. You're going to, you're going to ensure that my good things are never lost. And the, the best things are yet to come. Hey, I saw a guy Tuesday night in Carrollton that reminded me of one of the worst days that I've had in my life. Well, that may be overdramatic. It was a pretty bad day. Saw him Tuesday night. He's a ninth grader at Carrollton High School. He will probably be playing... Division I football in about four years just for what it's worth. But let me tell you about the day. It was a Sunday afternoon several years ago. As I normally do on Sunday afternoon, I was so ready to take that Sunday afternoon nap. I mean, good grief, don't we earn our Sunday afternoon naps? Sacred ground, the couch on Sunday afternoon. And we're living at 305 Stewart Street, and there's several kids already there. We got this cool trampoline in the backyard, and there's always neighborhood kids wanting to come and jump on the trampoline. Y'all know me. Anything goes. Yeah, jump on the trampoline. Bennett says, can I go out there and jump on the trampoline? Tracy's gone to Newton with the older boys. I'm there as the lone responsible adult. And my eyes are getting heavy. Yeah, go out there and jump on the trampoline. Just as I get deep into my nap. On the back door, I wake up. And there's the kid I saw this Tuesday night. His name's Zakai. He's got Bennett in his arms. And Bennett's squalling. The guy's all torn up. <laughs> and he says, I think he's broken his arm. And he had. 
And you talk about a difficult phone call is to call my wife in Noonan <laughs> and say, I'm going to the urgent care because I think Ben has broken his arm. How did he break his arm? <laughs> well, because I was asleep on the couch and he was out there on the trampoline. With who? You, hey, you've been there, okay? And there was Zakai bringing Bennett to his dad, all broken, crying. It took a long time to get through the healing process of that day. But Tuesday night, a few years later, Zakai, I hug him. <laughs> I said, do you remember me? He says, oh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> he says, I used to play basketball in your backyard. I says, that ain't all, is it, Zakai? He said, no. <laughs> It all worked out good. I learned some things that I needed to learn. So did Bennett. So did Zakai. The reason I didn't forget him is that he brought my son to me. Did you hear what Peter said? God came down in Jesus. Here it is. To bring us to God. What that implies is that you can't get there on your own. You are so sinful and so broken and so messed up, to call it like it is, that someone had to come and die and be raised to carry you and bring you to God. Hey, that's good news. And you and the reason you and I become demanding and petty and irritable and ungrateful, resentful, we forget what God has done for us in Christ and don't then pass that blessing on to other people. Stop returning evil for evil. Stop returning insult for insult. God, God sees what's going on. You think he doesn't know what's happening? Is he just? Yes, and he's also very gracious. He's very gracious. Hey, let's have a good day. We've got, we've got, good, we've got good news. We've got good news. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for the good news of Christ and His glory, Christ and His love. I'm so grateful you turn our bad decisions, our bad days, ultimately to good to those who seek refuge and forgiveness in Christ. So much to be thankful for. And while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. May that change and dominate the way we think and act and respond. With a blessing, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Lo and behold, make me a blessing.
Thank you. Hey, a couple of uh, prayer requests I'd like to share with our church before we close. Uh, pray for the family of Miss Phyllis Carroll. That's Marty's mother. Uh, she died this weekend, and we don't know that I know yet the details. They were supposed to meet with them today. So the family's meeting today at the funeral home to plan the details. Let's pray for Marty and the family of Miss Phyllis Carroll. Uh, so loved in our community, such a kind, gracious person. Um, I will communicate to our church as soon as I get the details on her arrangements uh, so that we can pray for and minister to that family. And then it's good to see Kyle here. I know a lot of you have been asking about Barb and how she's doing at Grady. She continues to improve. Um, Kyle, you want to give a brief update on Barb so they don't have to listen to me? <laughs> Amen. Kyle, we love you. Kyle's been dealing with this really since Christmas Day, I think. And so uh, we're grateful for the improvement that she's made. Also, Joe Whittemore's in the hospital at Tanner. Uh, Miss Betty Keaton's in the hospital at Tanner. And then there are others that continue to deal with certain issues. So there's a lot of things to, to, to pray about and, and, and to give to. Um, choir today at 5. And children, youth, and adults at 6. I think that's all that I had. We will oh, take. Yeah, thank you. Lottie Moon offering. And choir, we have 12 weeks till Easter. So there's a whole lot of y'all out there this morning, and there's seats back here that really need to be filled. So um, we would love for you to join choir. We'll meet at 6 today, and we're starting something brand new. Missy Lane. What time is WMU Thursday? Six o'clock, WNU. Also, today is Megan Sproul's birthday. So, happy birthday, Megan. You only get to have your birthday on church day like every seven or ten years. So, we're glad you're here with us this morning. Let's sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him Great week.